Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. Welcome to the third episode featuring uh, Taurai Sigaoke and Admaya Mudangwe, these very accomplished investment professionals. Make sure, if you haven't already, that you go back and listen to parts one and two of the conversation again. I hope you've enjoyed this lengthy discussion with uh, my guests and please get in touch and let us know um, what you think and uh, any thoughts on the topics covered. Okay, so without further ado, here it is. Enjoy. <laughs> this this like this particular conversation requires mm-hmm. again a, a part two, part three. <laughs> it, it, it requires that other thing. Uh, what did they call it? You know, an African man bootcamp. Yeah. Boot camp. <laughs> that's, that's the conversation. Uh, put can I just put in my two cents? Yeah. Yeah. Because you asked the question and said yeah. five point on how to, uh, to move forward to, yeah. to for the, to move forward the leadership. Mm-hmm. To me, I think we. Are, I think this it will be. A, a inappropriate to, mm-hmm. to, to come up with a comprehensive <laughs> solution. <laughs> but, but, but one thing that I like out of this conversation, Brother Admai, you were mentioning about mm-hmm. uh, how if you were to sit with your father on the table, mm-hmm. how do you correct him, right? Yeah. Uh, to me, having the ability even to get your, your elder in the right mental framework to sit with you on the table to have a conversation, that's a win. Yeah. So given the context of where we are, I think to me, uh, the first solution, in addition to what you say, stop and reflect. I think the problem definition, the elephant in the room, we are quite clear individually and as a collective society. We are quite clear. Mm-hmm. We don't want the governments we have yeah. and we are suffering. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. It's very clear that the governments have a direct impact on our economic yeah. day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. That's the definition. Yeah. But how do we do? So to me, I think conversation, really, if we can get conversation happening. Yeah. So I appreciate there's been a lot of interbus. Yeah, whatever interbus. Interbus don't work because Mm -hmm. they are not coming on the premise of an equal basis of conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think, for example, this type of podcast, whoever will be listening to it, yeah, Uh yeah, that person will have an opportunity to stop and think and say, I actually never think about these things. To me, that's a starting change because if you start, uh, someone said, you can tell me whoever said, said, if you can dream it, then it's possible. Yes, yeah. so, so, so how can you dream it if the conversations mm-hmm. in your day-to-day life and the things that you are focusing on, mm-hmm. they, they start changing? Yeah. Then, then the, you, you have at least the best chance of starting oh, change. Yes, yeah. So exactly. having conversations to me, mm-hmm. that's the right. If, if, if there is a way of the leadership in whatever forum, corporate, civil, and, and, and political. Mm-hmm. If that leadership is accessible to have conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You meet with your minister of health. Yeah. You, you're going to go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and you are the angle. Mm-hmm. 
You don't go and say, oh, uh, it's all useless. You see, we, we tell you, we are suffering. Now, my whoever is dying, do you have any solutions? This leadership is wrong. You probably need to say, how are you, sir? Mm. What do you think is going on? Mm. Oh, really? Ah, okay. Is, is this a topical issue in, 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 in government? What are your current thoughts on? Ah, I see. That's really nice. Mm. This one is nice. Have you thought about this? Yeah. I'm really worried about these types of issues. Mm. Without putting blame, pointing fingers. Yeah. In Africa, we are not very good at engagement. Yeah. Because our culture do us disservice. Yeah. It was very monologue. Mm -hmm. Good morning, daddy. Good morning, mama. <laughs> Sit down, eat porridge. That's the end of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. There, there is no my son. What porridge would you like to do? <laughs> there is no you are a child. Just eat your sadza porridge with peanut butter. Yeah. Mm. You don't eat it. You you are being beaten. Yeah. You see. It was very monological. Now we realize society is complex. Yeah. Ch changes to happen mm. in the in the very fabric of how Africa approaches Africa. conversations yeah. and yeah. solutions. Now to me if you can break conversation yeah at an individual level mm. you have really started change started, yeah. And and also mm. I mean I mean um, sort of add, adding to that is uh, you know I, I think briefly probably outside of this uh, podcast we are talking about how you can leverage as yeah. well and how we should update ourselves to make us more relevant, update mm. ourselves in skills and all of that. But yeah. the, the key element which is also possible to leverage is the technology now and how mm. uh, information can be spread to the masses mm. in a relatively quick way. Mm. And that is something that is uh, available now in, in Africa. Mm. You know, people right now are on their Facebook, they are on uh, whatever it is, they are looking at uh, these kind of things. They can listen to this podcast. So by leveraging these conversations, if we can bring some of those leaders into these forums and we put this up on the iTunes and the reaches for the, 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 the young generation and they are starting to understand and the, the effect these, these kind of uh, issues, then that also starts to, to, to sort of plant those seeds in their mind mm. in a way that, you know, whatever we start by infiltrating the old guard now to effect change, if we can't achieve that in our generation, at least the conversation has been started mm -hmm. in the young guard of now and they can carry that over because at some point these old guards will start to die down. Yeah. And once they start doing that, you know, the likes of uh, Mugabe now, they are sort of going and those kind of go things. On. Yeah, go, go on. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> But uh, now, if if the the younger generation can get engaged into these yeah. conversations, yeah. you know, however we can reach them through these platforms and Facebook and engagement and videos, even if the change is not affected now, but mm. the mindsets are beginning to change to start thinking of other ways of doing things. So there is other different ways how we can operate in our families and and all of that because these younger generation they also have ambitions of how they can make themselves better True. and that's in all areas of life whether it's emotionally spiritually uh, financially mm. and in all other ways so that is, is, is a good way to start the conversation with so, so I was going to just make one statement um, which is we should be very careful in, 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 in seeking to effect change mm -hmm. um because one of the temptations that I've seen, I've seen people just wanting to, to copy one society. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and then want to apply it into another society. Mm-hmm. Life is not that simple. Yeah. Because number one, number two, there is no perfect mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the family construct that what we've been talking about, right? Mm-hmm. We know how some Western, the majority of Western homes are dysfunctional. Correct. Yeah. Just very dysfunctional. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And and one thing's you know ten, fifteen, twenty years. Uh, how things is go- how things are going? How things are going? You yeah. can't even imagine. Yeah. That. yeah. So 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 one we have got to seek a change, but maintaining our uh, integrity or or or, or, or uh, uh, being authentic mm. in our in ourselves maintaining and, our identity and identity yeah. accepting things that have worked and that work for us as mm. people. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, it does not mean that everything that happens in Africa. Is wrong. Mm. No, 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 no. They are, we, they, we have got our strengths, mm-hmm. but we have got our weaknesses. Mm. In so far as the West have got their strengths and they have got their weaknesses. weaknesses. Yeah. You go to Africa today. You meet a person in the market. You're in a bus. Hello, hello. How good morning, good morning. Yeah. You chat. Yeah. And until the other time, I was in Zim when I was in Zimbabwe with my daughter. I was driving around. Mm. I was almost like hi. You know, to every other guy mm. that I was meeting in the car, mm. and my daughter was like, Daddy, that is really embarrassing. Mm. You know, like, how can you be saying hi to everybody? Mm. Because <laughs> the Western society she's brought up in mm-hmm. is broken, yeah, uh, from, from a society cohesion perspective, like, yeah. like so yeah, individualistic. If, 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 yeah. you, if you're on, on, a, on a trend on the tube, you know, to say hi to someone, it's uh, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, uh. Why are you talking? Why, are you talking to yeah. Why should you be talking to him? Yeah. Yeah. That's the broken aspect yeah. of of the Western society. Mm. So, so because sometimes if a person was to listen to these podcasts mm. and conversations, they'll be like, ah, "These guys are doing Africa in." No, mm. they are big bits, yeah. many bits about mm. Africa and African society mm. that are beyond reproach and that are very good. Exactly. That even the guys here in the West they wish. They have, yeah. but they have lost it of time. including yeah. the weather and the sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the sunshine, yeah. you know, uh, elephants, zebras, yeah. Yeah. until they've got important And probably this uh, natural probably brings us to, to, to this uh, next part as well of thinking about the opportunities, especially around business, which, yeah. are, which are in Africa, yeah. because there is that opportunity. But I think before we go there, just to go back to your question about what we, what we can do, I think in a way, um, if, if we are not able as much ourselves to get engaged in the politics, maybe we should support mm. some of our colleagues who are, you know, have the mindset and the thinking like us and exactly. they are getting in there. Exactly. You know? Uh, I know for, for example, for me coming from my, my, um, uh, group and my school, this, uh, uh Kamuza Kadamoa we, we started, which is a former, uh, high school built by, uh, uh the, um, former president, Dr. Kamzbanda, who had his education here. It's all modeled and eaten. Mm. And we've got, uh, guys who are now coming through and they are getting into politics mm. and, uh, you know, to an extent that some are getting into ministerial positions. Mm. So supporting those guys, giving them the right platform so mm. that eventually in the event that the old guard, you know, get to go 
they can start getting into those leadership positions, but they have the mentality of us. Then they can start to build those uh, uh, structures and foundations of the right people with the same mentality mm. to effect that change. Even if they don't continue and finish the project, they actually get to uh, make a start and people coming behind them can actually take it over and finish the project. So. That is uh, another way if, if we're not able to go ourselves in the masses to infiltrate yeah. the old guard. Um, so, yes, Africa and business opportunities. So given all this talk and the mindset and what, what, what opportunities and what, what can, can people do, you know, to, to effect that, that change and make life better for themselves, even within the current environment, from an opportunity point of view in Africa, business-wise, for example. What are the thoughts? Um, so, I'll, I'll speak of it from a diaspora perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, Africa, today, uh, we're sending more remittances as diaspora, it's collective. Mm -hmm. We're sending more money to Africa mm -hmm. than, uh, than the FDI that is going in the continent. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll give you another uh, exciting statistic, which is to say that the remittances that the Nigerian diaspora sent mm. into Nigeria is equivalent to the uh, foreign currency revenues that Nigeria gets out of oil. Mm. Mm. Okay. So it shows you the quantum mm. yeah. of the diaspora contribution mm. Mm. into those markets. But unfortunately, that type of investment or money that is going there, it is what they would call involuntary remittance, mm. i.e. it's money that they are sending or that we are sending because we have got to send to yeah. uh, support somebody, go to school, mm. for medication, for food. Mm -hmm. What I would love to see is a more contribution on the voluntary remittances money that we're just we're actually sending out there mm. to invest mm. invest okay yeah uh, there is in terms of opportunities across africa it's everything's an opportunity mm. like mm. if you go today in malawi mm. you go to lake malawi mm. buy a carton of fish whatever box of fish for hundred dollars mm. come back into the market mm. You make $200. Yeah. Bingo. You go again some uh, place, you buy tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And you deliver to an ex-hotel. Mm -hmm. You make nearly double your money. Yeah. Where there is friction or where there are challenges, that's your opportunity right there. Because I've sat down with people who are like, oh, but what can I do? Anything that causes you grief. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity. Mm. So for you to solve it and make money out of it. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's all about yeah. finding an opportunity where you can add value. Yeah, and then doing it, Correct. and then you get rewarded for providing that value. Yeah, and opportunities are they they are plenty, they are in abundance. But what I think what I'd want to see more if is diasporans taking an active role. But I understand that there's a challenge for diasporans as well. Mm because of uh, information uh, lack of information asymmetry mm -hmm. you know you are here things are happening there mm -hmm. 
we have become financially excluded mm. to what is happening there. Mm. It is a it's a it's a grief, it's a pain to open a bank account mm. out there. Yeah. But in this day and age that we're living, it should be very straightforward. Mm-hmm. So 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 how can we solve for that so that we remove that friction? Yeah. We can have a smooth uh yeah. fuel between the two, right? Mm-hmm. I see opportunities that are happening there, I can quickly, easily plug in quite quite efficiently. Mm-hmm. Uh health, education, yeah, power or electricity, energy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's an abundance. Brother, admire. all of these opportunities, fundamentally, by definition, are arising because uh, African governments and their respective ministries have failed dismally to deliver public services, have failed dismally to, to, uh, to, to, to grow small-scale small businesses, and all of these opportunities are a direct result of economic mismanagement. Uh, close, close the, close the eco, e, 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 economic policies, lack of vision, and all of that. We un, e, e, first we have to understand that, right? Yeah, I, now, now, now that takes you to the next thing. The opportunities that you are looking at, you have to understand to who. Right. So first, let's say when you say opportunities in Africa, what's your client investor base you're looking at? Are you looking at diasporans? Are you looking at Africans? Mm-hmm. Because the opportunities are certainly different to these types of people. Fair point. Yeah. Right. Going back to your original point. Yeah. I think that if you are to look at, um, let's look at America. Yeah. How America was built. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The American model is different from probably the British model. I'm, I'm not quite, I can't remember correctly about the, how, how Britain got to be where it was. Yeah. I think it was more of the state yeah. driving things. But in America, clearly it was a private sector play. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's where uh, capitalism was really put a test right. uh, in, its, in its broader sense. And it was the uh, private companies you know, that we're running the railway project and all these things to the extent of even bailing out the government at mm. one point, you know, mm. the JP Morgans of this world. Mm. So, so what that means to me that it is not necessarily the role of the government mm-hmm. to provide all the services. Mm-hmm. The role of the government is to provide an enabling environment mm-hmm. and, 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 and the legislative mm-hmm. uh, regulatory mm-hmm. work framework mm-hmm. that enables mm-hmm. private sector play yeah. to be able to happen. Yeah. Provide there's some refereeing of some sort. Of some sort, mm-hmm. in some way or the other. Mm-hmm. The reason why a lot of African countries are where they are from an infrastructure perspective is, is, is because they had the wrong uh, regulatory framework. They thought that they could do everything by themselves, you know. You mean the wrong business models? The wrong, n- not only the, the uh, where everything was state controlled, yeah, state yeah, owned, yeah, state that's controlled. What I call business yeah, model, yeah. yeah. So, so it does not work, mm-hmm. and 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 every, and and history has proved that it does not work. I think that was principally because we're coming in as African government coming in from most of them. It was really a communism-driven independence and mindset mm-hmm. that we could do 
like what our Russian friends were doing or our Chinese friends were doing, mm-hmm. but it had its failures mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. So I submit that our policy framework should be capitalist driven mm-hmm. with a, with also a vision of my balancing between the two, mm-hmm. communism and, and capitalism, somewhere right in between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that enables a private sector player to go into Zimbabwe, to go into Malawi, and to be able to set up businesses quickly and easily because governments cannot, will not, and are not built to build everything themselves. Mm. I agree with you there. But although I made my point just as an anecdote to the fact that the types of opportunities you are mentioning uh, are picking up from the, uh, the, the failed governments to provide the basic necessities of life for example health energy mm-hmm. now this africa is full of opportunities but not all opportunities are investable that's that's mm-hmm. the challenge we are looking at mm-hmm. and at the core of it is the cost of doing business yeah, yeah. and by the cost of doing business to define it basically it's just to say uh, what financial material and the human effort cost does it take to do a simple task of sourcing a product to the consumer, right? So uh, you not, not, I mean, even, yeah. be, if, even before you get there, yeah, yeah, yeah. of actually opening a, a exactly, company, exactly, just simply even, opening yeah, a company, exactly. what does it take? How long does it take? Legal costs, yeah. whatever, bureaucratic costs. So all of those, we, we, we can probably, without anecdotal evidence, really, hard facts, we can all agree that we, in one way or the other, we have felt that the cost of doing business is very high. Mm-hmm. So when we talk of opportunities, we need to be uh, you know, sensitive to what we really mean, real opportunities. Mm-hmm. For me, when I look at Africa, really, is to say, you know, Africa is, is a country, it has an opportunity, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To grab on something, mm-hmm. right? So you can look at the whole world as a global village. You look at every country is trying to capitalize on a particular a competitive advantage, yeah? Look at China, it has become the production sector of the world. Mm-hmm. And they they take raw materials mainly from Africa, uh, process them, and they send finished products to the rest of the world, mm-hmm. whether useless finished products like lower level or the high class, yeah? The, 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 the Apple iPhone is, is, is manufactured in China. Yeah. And also the, the SD cards are manufactured in China. Mm. So China mm. is a manufacturing hub, mm. right? You look at countries like America. America is all, they, they, they are the nucleus of all the new ventures in IT and uh, new, new technological developments yeah. and, and, and venture capitalists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they take that. But Africa, there is no common competitive advantage. Mm. So to me, if we look at what is the opportunity for Africa as a country, as a nation, take, for example, Zimbabwe or Malawi. Why isn't Malawi the leader of fish fish products processed to the very end, where, for example, you can get medicinal fish oil coming from Malawi, uh, raw catfish coming from Malawi, 
uh, all, all, all the value chain of fish and fisheries. We learned in, in, in high school and secondary school that Lake Malawi had everything, the best fish and, and the fishing was something that went into geography books, yeah. book, books. But Malawi never capitalized on that. Oh, even today, we don't even know what the country is competitive on. Yeah, so is Zambia, so is Zimbabwe. At one time, we were the breadbasket of Southern Africa. Today, we are the beggars of the whole world. Yeah, so so to me, countries have failed to capitalize on their opportunities. But us, as upcoming new you know, Africans, we got educated. Now we 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 can look at what is resources. What setups we have in our own countries? What opportunities do we have? Mm. We need to think uh, uh, with a global mindset, yeah. not just uh, uh, localized solutions of uh, there's health issues. But that health issue, the competition, for example, in health is in service provision for, for cutting edge technology, for, for incurable diseases, uh, research and development and drug development. That's where the competition is, globally speaking. Mm. But in Africa, you are looking at just having sufficient hospitals mm. and uh, educated enough uh, enough uh, uh, doctors to provide uh, delivery for women. Just just the techno, the, the equipment, the scanners, all of that. That is basics, basics, basics. There are opportunities, yes, but there are not opportunities for the country, even for an upcoming business, to really build an, a world brand that will compete and really, you know, start moving international capital. So that's how I'm thinking it in terms of when we look at African opportunities. Mm. But for the sake of the conversation and the type of audience who may be listening, mm. it is also good to look at being in Africa as an African. Yeah. How do you approach the opportunities that you, that you are looking at? How do you go about it? About so, so, so I think it's good to set the context here to yeah, say, for me, as, as an African continent, there is there is an opportunity given the demographics given the blessing of of god on the resources for yeah. africa even as as african business people to think bigger Big than just yeah. so for example if if i were really passionate to address energy i would like to think bigger in africa rather than just uh, solving solving uh South Africa's energy because South Africa have blackouts mm. and I just focus on that. I'll start looking at Africa. Mm. What, what's lacking? What is the space that we can operate in uh, given the consumer uh, context and the spending levels? What sort of energy solution works and is compatible with the uh, level at which Africa as, as a political economic society can afford in terms of energy production mm. and consumption. Yeah. Yeah. Th 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 things like that. Mm. And and I mean it's a it's a very big challenge. Yeah. But unless yeah. we think like that, we we will remain an underdog. We will remain uh at the mercy of the capitalists, the developed world, just sending con products for consumption in Africa mm. and, and all our uh, entrepreneurship will be so localized. And, and we will never grow as big as, as big, we would like, yeah. just like to see the bigger companies, those who have made their names. Yeah. But but I strongly believe uh, 30 years from now, Africa should be the continent with the solutions because we, we are living there, right? We, we have the resources there. Mm. And it has been proven beyond doubt that blacks uh, are not mentally deficient. Mm. We are probably even at par or better. Mm. And, 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 and we, we, we are more educated 
uh, academically speaking. So, so to me, it's a paradox, yeah, mm-hmm. of of these uh, entrepreneurial giants that's living in Africa mm-hmm. with a lot of potential, and we can set the example. So, so to me, that's the type of conversation which I think yeah, this podcast yeah. should focus on and 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 help people think in that manner. Yeah, so, exactly. So, 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 so it. it, it <laughs> You know, having traveled a bit, yeah. uh, not a lot, mm-hmm. um, the real DNA of an entrepreneur is somebody who identifies an opportunity and comes up with a solution. Correct. Applying a lot of gut mm-hmm. and hard work and resilience. Mm-hmm. If you go to every single village, whether mm-hmm. in Malawi or in Zimbabwe or wherever, mm-hmm. you see thousands and millions of those type of people. They are there with yeah. grit. With grit, yes. correct. And they are there. coming out again and again. Yeah. Yeah. Grit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those people are there. Yeah. They exist. Mm. So it is not the leg of entrepreneurs. Mm. Number one. Okay. And number two, the reason why we look back to America and maybe Britain, UK. Mm-hmm as quote-unquote successful models uh, mm-hmm. this is a subject for debate uh, is because where they got the crux of the matter was around the financing of it mm. right. I was having a conversation with my good friend today after a book that I read I recommended him to read mm-hmm. I think uh, if I cannot remember correctly right, it should say 30% of the top 100 companies uh, in the UK, listed companies, mm-hmm. they are they were venture capital based, mm-hmm. backed, VC backed, VC backed. Now, if a person wants to start a business in Zimbabwe today or Africa today, they've gone to college. Some young guy come up with a very good idea, an app that does this, that, or the other, or whatever that they do. Yeah. How do they finance that project? Mm-hmm. The expectation, because of the lack of immaturity of the financial markets, is that that young kid is going to go to a bank and borrow money. Mm-hmm. But the bank is saying, "I need collateral." Correct. I'm come. I'm a kid. Mm. I've got a fancy idea. So imagine. Let's rewind. Imagine if Mark Zuckerberg was coming out of uh, Malawi University. Mm-hmm. Would he have existed? Would Facebook have existed? Yeah. The answer is no. Yeah, it will be no. Yeah. The answer is simple no. Yeah. Not because Mark Zuckerberg is not smart, but because access to the financial market. Mm-hmm. 